What's up, good people? Glad you're here. Another episode of My Five, and it is a good one. Talking a lot about New Orleans because I got uh, my friend V Script on the show today, and uh, you're going to love it. Man, we actually played a track. We've never done that before on the show, uh, but he's got a new single coming out, and we got the exclusive. And uh, he played a track he's got coming. It's going to be, it's, it's a great episode. You're going to enjoy it. Um, follow us at my five podcast everywhere on socials. Make sure you subscribe where you're at. You can also follow me uh, at Lee T Baker on socials everywhere as well. Keep up with all the my five stuff and more. Um, but for now, let's, let's get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Back. Episode 33, my friend V script on the show. Now, uh, v script is uh, a, a dancer, songwriter, producer. He got, got into it through dancing. We'll talk about that a little bit in the show. Uh, primarily now, songwriter, producer. He's got some incredible stuff going on. I'm going to talk about him more. But it got me thinking about producers who also like release projects. Now, if you're listening to the show just because you love music, maybe you don't know fully what a producer does. But producers are the ones who like flesh out the ideas. Usually they'll help with songwriting. They're playing keys, building the beats, like whatever it is in pop music. They may play an instrument. They may not. You know, there's producers like Rick Rubin who don't play anything really. Uh, and then there's producers who play everything, you know, or lots of things like Jack Anatoff did on the latest Taylor Swift record. So there's like a lot of, you know, variance in what producers do, but they're responsible for putting the ideas together and bringing them to fruition alongside of the artist. And so they're not always artists themselves, but some producers actually release their own music as artists as well. And so uh, just a, I just want to talk briefly about a few that I like that are incredible producers, in my opinion, but also have like great projects of their own. And some of these won't surprise you. Uh, but maybe maybe one or two of them will. Just uh, I'm going to mention four, and maybe maybe you got some too. We'll, we'll throw something on social this week, and and uh, maybe talk about some producers that have also done uh, great projects that you enjoy. So uh, first for me, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, uh, Dre was a DJ, you know, back in the late '80s and '90s, and then he dropped the Chronic. He was a part of NWA, but then he dropped the Chronic as his first solo record in '92. Uh, and has continued to make incredible music and been featured with people too. Uh, Dre, obviously one of the greatest hip hop R and B. He's even worked on stuff like that. People don't, maybe, maybe you don't realize, maybe I can, you know, cause when I learned, I was surprised he did, um, hella good for, he did the beat to hella good for, uh, no doubt. Um, he's worked on a lot of incredible, incredible projects, but the chronic, uh, will forever go down as one of the best records in hip hop, in my opinion. Uh, next on my list, Bush Walker, one of my favorite producers of all time, rock and roll to the core. The dude just knows how to make records with mojo because he's a rock and roll musician. He's just a rock and roll dude. If you ever seen him, he had a band in the nineties called marvelous three. They had a hit called freak of the week. Um, and kind of, kind of a, I need to hesitate to use this term, but it, Marvelous Three was kind of a one-hit wonder thing, but they really weren't. You should listen to the, their their entire record, that first record in, in particular. Um, and and Butch went on and now has a solo career um, that is just fantastic. He released a, a record a couple of years ago, or a few years. Gosh, it's been a while now, I guess. Uh, Twenty. 16 or 17 called stay goal unbelievable rock and roll album um uh another record afraid of ghosts he had another record um that i can't remember the name of it's like um american love story or something like that i can't remember but it was kind of a a a, a, a 
concept record sort of things, told a story. Incredible. That's probably the newest, I think, solo thing that he's done, maybe. But um, anyway, incredible. But Butch has done like Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. Um, he, he's done tons of incredible pop music, rock music, like uh, Fall Out Boy, um, incredible rock and roll music, incredible producer. Um, third on my list, uh, Raphael Sadiq. Raphael Sadiq, um, uh, I think his, his, his real name is like uh, Charlie Wilson. I think is his real name. He was in Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh, Sadiq's done all sorts. I mean, he's produced all sorts of people. Um, and, but the Raphael, Raphael Sadiq solo albums are great. And the old Tony, Tony, Tony albums are awesome as well. And so that may be somebody you're not familiar with. Um, uh, no Loot, great Tony, Tony, Tony song. Anniversary, big hit for them. That was like early 90s, late 80s maybe. And then uh, check out the Raphael Sadiq solo stuff too. And you can look up his discography because it's like, literally everyone uh, he's worked with. Uh, and last, the last one I want to mention, Butch Vig. Butch Vig is the drummer in the band Garbage. Uh, great 90s band. They're on tour right now. They've had a load of hits themselves, but Butch Vig is also an incredible producer. Most notably, he produced Nevermind for Nirvana um, and is incredible, you know, producer in his own right. He just knows how to get the mojo and that the Nirvana record, one of the stories in particular on there was um, something in the way, uh, which I think is the last song of that record. Kurt just couldn't, you know, figure out how he wanted to record it. And then he was laying on the couch, kind of lightly singing and strumming on the track. And Butch was like, oh, that's it. And so they just recorded him laying on the couch. And Butch tells the story in the uh, Sound City documentary uh, of this recording. And that's what great producers do. They just know how to capture the moment and capture the song. And so when they get to release their own music, it's really cool um, to see them bring their own ideas to light or to work with another producer to produce them, uh, which is really cool. And so I just love uh, studying music producers and learning more about how music actually gets to us, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And being a music producer myself, it, it, it fascinates me. And so uh, I was thinking about um, record of the week this week, record of the episode. Uh, I did some record shopping uh, while I was out of town traveling a little bit. And this does, I, I was trying to find something like, you know, uh, a producer, you know, who's also an artist. You know, I like to kind of make it make sense. I didn't care this time. Uh, I picked up an incredible copy of the Smashing Pumpkins Siamese Dream. Uh, if you're if you're on YouTube or Spotify video, you can see I'm holding up. This record's been a little hard to get for a while, and uh, this two disc 180 gram deal sounds ridiculous when you turn it on and Cherub Rock and today and all those great songs play. It is uh, it's outstanding as it always has been. So if you haven't listened to Smashing Pumpkins in a while, go check it out. Um, uh, Siamese Dreams is a great, great album, but I want to get to uh, the show. So I got Verdell V. Script Muller on the show. We just call him V. V. Script, Script, whatever you want to call him. He's the man. He's a songwriter, producer, and artist. Uh, he's originally from New Orleans. We talk about that because y'all know I'm from Louisiana, uh, and I love me some Houdat Nation. Go Tigers, go Tigers, LSU. Tigers won the baseball title this week. Super stoked about that. Uh, so I love talking all things Louisiana. We get into that just a little bit. Uh, but V-Script is based in Atlanta, Georgia now, so he's not too far from me. I'm just based outside of Atlanta. Uh, he's worked with Chris Brown, Justin Bieber, Ty Dolla Sign, Coco Jones, loads more people, multiple Grammy nominations. Um, he's got a great track out now called No Cares with ha featuring Ha Sizzle. Uh, and then on the episode, we actually play his new single, Lonely, 
that should be out by the time this episode drops. They're still uh, trying to finalize some things on that. Uh, he's got some other songs like Sober and Voodoo and some other things that are finished. He's going to be dropping music all year. It's incredible. He kind of invented a new uh, subgenre of like Afro beat and bounce music called Afro bounce. And he tells the story uh, in the episode. Uh, he's a super funny dude. Super, super great. We had a great time getting to know each other during the episode. And uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, but we never met. And so it's, it's always great to, to meet new friends on the show uh, when we interview uh, guests here at MiFi. And uh, I know you guys are going to just love this conversation, this episode with my friend V script. V script. What's up, dude? What's up? What's up, man? What's up, Lee? Yeah, it's good to meet you, man. Man, same here. Good to meet you too, bro. Always good to know another uh, Louisiana boy. You know, believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm stealing that, man. I'm stealing that. That believe that. That that's you. I ain't, yeah. I've never heard anybody else use that. You got the trademark on believe that. Believe that, man. That's just that's it's a, it's a, it was a popular phrase that's uh that we used to use a lot growing up when I was in uh, when I lived in New Orleans. So I love uh, it, man. That, high school so every every time we had a conversation or we get excited about something we go like man believe that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah dude i uh i know we were talking earlier you said you're from the west bank so you, you grew up where the good food was oh yeah 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 west bank and lg so uh my mom lived stayed in mcdonaldville and uh we was right there by the borderline so some of some of my we stayed in mcdonaldville which was which is in gretna and then my yep. other side of my family was on the other side of the bridge, which is LG. So we was always back and forth between those two because that's what most of our family is there. And then we have family that was considered like down the road, uh, yeah. considered like Post Alpha, Boothville. So yeah, all that, you know, that's the country. So, you know, some good cooking come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Now, I got to ask because I'm a huge Saints fan. Are you a Saints fan? You a football fan? Yeah, man. Who that? Who that? Yeah, yeah. I love it. We used to park down on a... Earhart is it Earhart Street? We used to park down on uh, to yeah. walk to the games, and uh, we used to go to a couple of year when I when I lived down in Florida and growing up, you know, and stuff. But man, I miss it, dude. There just ain't nothing like a Saints game. Yeah, yeah, nah, ain't nothing like nothing like that dome, man. The crowd is so loud, man. You, you the energy is, is just unmatched. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I haven't been in so long. I I, I want to go to a game so bad. We moved up here. Uh, we're, we're close to each other. I'm just outside of Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, when we moved up here, man, I just haven't been back to a game, dude. I'm, I'm yeah. missing it. I got I got to make it happen. Got to. Yeah, dude. So uh, growing up in New Orleans, I'm sure you grew up around all the best music. I mean, that's where all music comes from eventually, right? Yeah. So, you know, my dad, growing up, my dad, he was a um, – my dad used to co- co- collect vinyls. Yep. So still to this day, you walk in my mom and dad's house, you see all his vinyl collection. So I just remember as a kid, uh, growing up, we always had, he, every every uh, Sunday morning, he would just go through his collection and play like from the Isley Brothers to Rick James to Marvin Gaye, like uh, Four Top, even to Reggae, you know, Bob Marley, Steel Pulse. My dad was like, he was a big, he was, he was so much into music. So he collected all genres. So he had everything. He was just, he was never set on one thing. So like every Sunday we were just here, he made sure like that was our Sunday ritual. He'd wake up, my mom cooking breakfast and he had the record player spinning. Yeah. Yeah. So did he play something? Did he sing or your mom sing? You grow up? He just just was super, uh, my my sister did, my sister who passed, she Mm. was, uh, she was uh, a singer. Um, but my dad, my, or my mom, no, there was, there was not into, uh, um, there was not musicians or anything, but my dad was just a music lover. Yeah. So he was always educate me on who this group was and 
that was that was his thing. Yeah, dude. What what uh what do you remember being like your first encounter in New Orleans? I mean, just being around that, I'm sure just being outside because there's a parade on every corner, you know, for whatever you know, reason. But what when you you remember hearing music? Yeah, so you know, especially like, you know, music was always around us. So a lot of people don't know, you know, I started off so up uh, besides from that, I was a dancer. So before I started went went full time into music, all right. I, choreography. So me and my brother, we used to go around the city, like all the top talent shows, like St. Aug, St. Mary's, uh, Xavier Pratt. We used to win all the talent shows, West Jeff, O. Perry Walker. So we used to get in all the talent shows and, you know, dancing and music is always intertwined because you can't do one without the other. So yep. uh, with that, between that and my dad, it was always around us. Yeah, man. Now explain, because I know, I know you got some kind of tie, some kind of connection to South Africa. Um, what, what's that connection? You got family out there too? So, um, now, so my tie to South Africa, my first experience of South Africa was one of my, my best friends. His name is Ross. Okay. Uh, he's, he's born and raised in South Africa. So he has this, uh, this thing called safety club. This is a collective of, yep. uh, songwriters and uh, producers that I'm affiliated with. So, um, man, they threw a big, he threw a big, uh, he put together a big camp in South Africa. So that was my first introduction into South Africa. So when I went up there like last, last May, man, it was an experience. It was just incredible. Like yeah. it was just something that I didn't even know I needed. <laughs> yeah. And you just got back where you had another, we had another camp over there. What were you doing? Uh, over there? So, I, so since then I've been there three times now. <laughs> so <laughs> I went the first time I loved it. And then, uh, I just been like, I've been on, a, you know, been there, uh, working with uh, producers like Luke Goliath. I met him my first time going. And so me and him locked all the way in, uh, which through, through Ross. And uh, man, so from that point on, I just was like tapped in into the culture. And then a lot of the stuff that, believe it or not, Lee, it reminded me of home. It reminded me of New Orleans. Like yeah. how New Orleans have, it has their own thing going on, has their own culture, have their own lingo. So it was a lot of, uh, I related to it a lot because it was just a lot similar like where I'm from. Nice. Do you, uh, I kind of asked this a minute ago and then we got to talk about something else, but like, what, what's your first memory of hearing live music? I would say parades, parades. Yeah. First memory is like parade season. Cause that's all you hear, you know, growing up in New Orleans, like you, Mardi Gras come, it's, it's crazy that every weekend festival season. So, you know, it's, we was always into that. My parent, my mom always took us to those things. So, uh, and then a parade used to pass right in front of our house. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. multiple, multiple times a day. I'm sure multiple times a day. <laughs> so did you so grow up on? Dad, my dad used to have to get the cone so people won't block his drive through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up on jazz or like what? What like what got you? I know your pops played a bunch of different stuff and all these different genres so, of music, but what did so you my, get into playing? Yeah. So my first love was R and B. Okay. Okay. R and B was like that was the first genre that I connected to. That was the first. That was the first for me. Uh, you know, from, you know, listening to Marvin Gaye, to Babyface, to R. Kelly, Usher, uh, Chris, you know, saying all that, that whole nine yard, uh, even fast forward up to today's time, Chris Brown. So um, R&B was Stevie Wonder. Like that was all, all yeah. that was all that was played in the house um, majority of the time. So that was my first love. R&B always became my first love. And I started out in R&B as an R&B writer and before nice. I gravitate to other genres. So you you were dancing. Eventually, you learned how to play something. What was your first instrument? I don't play. What? No, I don't play. Everything is so, really. Yeah. How are you so good at all this? 
man. Cause I, you know, I always was, I always went off a of feeling. Yeah. And yeah. So I always, so yeah, so I don't play, I, I don't play an instrument. Um, for songwriting for me, you know, I was always around musicians. So I always, my ear was, I could say it was just naturally tuned. Yeah. So I always knew, I didn't know the tech. I would, I would say as far as the, um, the right key, knowing what the, I didn't know how to, at the time, I didn't know how to articulate that. But yeah. every time when I wrote a record, it always was written in the right key. They yeah. off of my natural ear. And then I technically, I learned the technique, the technicality later. I learned what it was later. But in the beginning, I didn't know what none of that was because I didn't know how to play. So I just only wrote off a of feeling what I thought that felt right. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that that music production being available to people who have natural ears like that, this may be the first time. Like earlier, you, you had to know all the technical stuff first to get in production, but now it seems like you can get in in the production and produce music and learn all the technical aspects of it and even the, some of the musical aspects of it as you go mm -hmm. along. And I think it opens up doors for more yeah. people to kind of be a part of producing. Is that has that been your experience? That's a big yeah yeah for sure. I would say that like even for me like for me it's like I I think too if I came in as a uh, as a producer. Then I would have needed, you know, but I came through as a songwriter. So I was always a songwriter. Songwriting always uh -huh. started off my career. So I didn't come in playing. I came in, you know, uh, laying out melodies and stuff like that. But I didn't learn. Uh, I just always, like I said, when I hear the music, I used to always write. Basically, if someone on the side of me knew the keys and all that, it was like, yeah, this is the right key. How you? Know? He's always asking me, yo, how you know that? And you don't know the key. You don't know the actual yeah. key is in, but this is the right key. The song was written in the right key. Because I always say, well, I guess I'm just writing off a feeling. This feels right. <laughs> yeah, some some people just know. I mean, for me, growing up, uh, when you wanted to get into music, you know, my my dad too. He he listened to records and whatnot. He was you know into like classic rock stuff. So I grew up with that. And the next step for me was I got to learn my instruments so that I can join a band. And mm -hmm. it wasn't so much about songwriting. You know, I played covers and did all that sort of stuff first. So it was uh, it was later that I got into being creative. And I right. think in some ways that sort of box boxed me in because I was I wasn't I didn't learn how to be creative first. Right. So it seems like you you had the opportunity to do it like opposite almost, or or were you a part of a group or something like uh, when you started out? No, no, no. So so when I started out writing, it was just me and my cousin. My cousin was a singer, nice. and I was just I was writing all his songs, laying it. Because at first I started, I come from the, before I started doing before I got into songwriting, I, I was doing poetry first. Nice. And then when I met my mentor, I met uh, Diesel Harrison. So Diesel, he did Lollipop for Lil Wayne. Oh. Stuff for Little Wayne. Um, he did all those things for Little Wayne. So he was like my first mentor that introduced me to the music industry. And so he used to hear my poems. He was like, yo, uh, you're a songwriter because he one thing he used to always say, and I think too, it comes from dancing. Mostly poets, when you most poets when you read, when they read uh their poems, it used to always feels like they're reading off the paper. But he used to always tell me my poems had a rhythm. Mm. Cause I always looked at, I always view everything as dancing. I always view everything as temple. And yeah. so he was like, "Yo, you, you, I don't think you, 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 these, these songs are great. You need to, you need to change, change these poems into songs, cause they feel like songs." And then he taught me, he taught me how to melodically translate it. And then after that, once I caught on to it, uh, once I caught on to uh, working with him, that's when I would just like, he used to play stuff, and then I used to go off by ear and lay down melodies, but he'd always be in the right key.
That's crazy, <laughs> man. That's just crazy. What was the process like for you learning some of the more um, like music theory or technical stuff on the back end? Do you think it was harder or was it easier? It was easier once I, you know, once from from after 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 learning how to write songs because I think so the the um the hardest thing for me was translating structure. So when you break down a song, so f- first verse, like knowing when to stop, knowing when to, you know, uh, pre-chorus, and then going to hook. So once I learned that formula, that like that right there, I never had an issue with the key of the song. I, even if I didn't know it technically, I I knew it by ear. You know, it yeah. felt it always was right. So, but once I learned the uh, formula, that was it. It was a wrap. Yeah, and then dude. the technology, the, like the keys and stuff, I learned that later. I didn't, I didn't learn that till like he taught me that after. Man, that's so interesting, dude. I I, I just I, I wish I had known you back then. I like just to know what that process is like to to not not know the technical aspects of it, but it just works in your in your brain. I, I like yeah. to think that's like maybe the way like um and and I don't I don't know if they didn't know the technical you know, a uh, bit of it, but like Prince or people that just seem like so natural when they do something musical, yeah. you know, you wonder if the technical stuff gets in the way sometimes of it, you know? Yeah. Cause uh, he's be like, he used to also do like things like he's like, yo, write to this. Uh, he used to tell me, write to this uh, track. And then I wrote it. And then we lay it down. He was like, yo, how you know that? It's in the, you wrote it in the right key. Like, I, you know, he's just always be blown away by that. Because I used to always go by, well, that's what I felt. I felt that was right. <laughs> I, don't yeah. know, I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, all the stuff that you've been working on recently, like I know you got uh, the single No Cares that's out with uh, Hot Sizzle. And mm-hmm. y'all got a y'all got a party. I mean, you're gonna miss it because if I if I talk about it, the the party's tonight. This episode yeah. won't air for like a couple yeah. weeks, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it'll be over by then. But I'm sure it's gonna be an awesome awesome uh, release party. And you got yeah. all kinds of stuff working. Um, I've been I've been on you about uh, lonely. I've been on you about uh, voodoo, uh, dropping those tracks because it's a whole new genre that you got going on so i, yeah. I want to hear about the origin of afro bounce this whole like subgenre thing that, so, that's just coming out of you all right so i would say this like the last two years right the last two years of my career has probably been the two biggest so far uh you know from the grammy nominations you know we got we, you know being grammy nominated back to back yeah uh, and then you know working on a lot of songs and then you know now in today's time i feel like it's 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 not an it's like it's like a, it's a business you know mm-hmm. translating to the business and doing what you have to do to stay relevant within the business so i i i i say that to say is yes it's been great getting the placements and stuff like that but i wasn't writing what i want to write it was mm-hmm. almost like i was writing what i had to write to get the placement to get yeah. to, you know, to to cater to serve the artists and so what i realized is when i went to um when i went to africa Lee, it was a, a experience. Like I said, it was it was a life changing experience for me. My yeah. my experience because it was something that I was searching for. Um, you know that feeling that you, when you first do music, the innocence of doing music, like when you don't know when you're doing music, not caring where it goes, oh, yeah. not caring where it lands. Like you're not thinking about the business, but you just it's the it's the hobby part of it. It's the it's the love, the passion. Yeah, man, I was I haven't felt that that since I've been 
like when I first started music in New Orleans. That was the last time I felt that. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Africa, that feeling came back. Nice. So it was like, it was so beautiful to see, to go to the, like the nightlife experience, the nightlife out there and going to the different lounges and seeing everybody's moving. It was my first time being in a building where everybody is moving. Like no one's standing around waiting for this person to dance. Like everybody's dancing. If you wasn't dancing, they're looking at you like something was wrong with you. (laughs) I've never seen that kind of energy before. And it took me back. To, and all I can say was love. It took me yeah. back to love. Yeah. And so when you think of Afro beats, the subject matter is different too. The subject matter, they're pushing love. Love is the envelope over there. Mm-hmm. Every every Afro, but just like the uh, the record with um, Tim's and uh, and Justin Bieber and Wizkid, you know, it's S, that was one of the uh, uh, amazing record. But just the subject matter. So. When you look at the uh, the music there, the subject matter starts with that. So then, I, so when I got home, I was just was on this natural high. I was just on this Afro beat high, and I was just uh, I locked in. I turned down sessions. Me and Bridges, we turned down sessions and stuff like that. My, which is my producer, we turned down sessions, and we was uh, we spent like three weeks just going in, going in, going in. So I want to say it was Christmas last year, right? We had I had told him I said yo. I'm going home for Christmas this year because I never go home for Christmas, but I'm going to go home for Christmas this year. Nice. So I got back to New Orleans. And then when I got back to New Orleans, my uh, old friend, Blair, T- my uh, old partner, uh, my, one of my best friends, he meet me in uh, New Orleans. And so we got, um, we met up him and uh, KC, my brother KC. So KC, he did, you know, and by the way, Blair Taylor, he's a producer from New Orleans. KC, he lives in New Orleans. So he's a producer uh, too. So he did, they both work with, uh, uh, Blair worked with Travis Scott. He done did uh, on the Astro uh, Astro World project. Um, KC did Bieber with me. Uh, me, him, and Dark Child. Uh, so that was and and also too. That's my core. I started out doing music with them in New Orleans. Man, so it was like a full circle moment. Yeah. So it was it was our first time in the same room within fifteen years. Man, so I called them. I called them up. I said, "Yo, I got an idea." And it was like, what's up, what's up? And I was like, yo, so listen, I did an Afrobeat album, but there's something missing. And it was like, what you mean something missing? I said, it feels good, but I'm not from Africa. I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. So I want to take my heritage, my culture, and merge the culture. And I said, yo, this could work because of the same temple. Afrobeat and bounce is the same temple. And they're all related. Like, because if you think about I'm a piano, I'm a piano, uh, Afrobeat, reggae. They all mm-hmm. related in some yeah. for us for us BPM. Mm-hmm. And so, man, so we merged it. We did it. And it was like, yo, it was amazing. So No Cares was the first song we made. Nice. That was the very first song. And it was just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? It was an anthem. It was love. And so I always say Afrobeat is the love. And then bounce is the vibration. Because bounce, you think of dancing. You yeah. know, and so you merge them together, it makes love vibrations. And so that's what that's how it was born. That's awesome, man. It's like a whole it is a whole new thing. There there's been so much talk recently of like uh what what was innovative in hip hop music maybe four or five years ago when when all the trap stuff started to be like in the mainstream. And yeah. now everybody's kind of I, I listen to this uh uh, I follow this Instagram account 
And this dude was talking about how everybody's using the same hi-hat sounds now. And, you know, it's kind of the same. And, like, everybody's waiting for, you know, something to break, something something different to come along. The same thing in, like, the Hispanic hip-hop world, too, where that, that <laughs> reggaeton kind of thing has has been so prominent for so long, you know, with Bad Bunny and Mike Towers and people like that. Yeah. But the, the Afrobeat thing seems really fresh. And and I don't know. I mean, I, I listen to a wide variety of music, but I don't know that I could name you. And 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 this may not be, I don't know, like Burner Boy may be the only like Afrobeat sort of like I hear I hear the most maybe from him. Um Yay. you know, but it's not a real popular or, or not popular it doesn't seem as developed yet. And it's like wide open for something like this to happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's picking up. So like the thing is too, like they had, they had, you know, you got think they had a big year last year, Burner Boy, Wizkid. Yeah. Big Tim, Tim's. Um, and then now you got uh, Ira Starr and DeVito. Mm. So DeVito, he's like, you know, he's the biggest, like from what I hear, he's the biggest there. Uh so him and Berna and Wizkid, like that's the three the three top uh, names. But yeah, it's coming. So he got so much. It's still and it's not you know it's still growing. It's still growing. So it's like, um, it's just man that music man. When you go there, you see the culture, you see the movement, and you hear it's like they dancing to love songs nonstop. And I was just so inspired, bro. Like, cause it was just the the message is just love. It was just like positive, yeah. feel good, and then. Even a temporal Afrobeat, you can't help with the move. You can't help with the you you can't help with the, the groove to it. It's it's feel good music. It always you know even just like I don't know if you remember how Shaw Day music was, how it just feels good. It just oh yeah, yeah. that's how this. So think of Shaw Day but double time. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed even listening to No Cares, it seems like the Afrobeat thing. But you're on the top side of the BPM, like you push it a little bit quicker. And that yes. that makes me want that makes me want to move a little bit more too. Yeah. That makes it feel a little fresher. Yeah. Yes. So what's your, so what's your plans? You got stuff sitting out there. I, I know you've been teasing people on social so, media with stuff. Yeah. So my plan now. So what I'm going to do now, as I approach this, I'm a, I, 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 at first, you know, I'm going to do a project, right? But I'm going to do it a little bit different. So I'm going to put songs. So I want to curate it. Like, I want to treat this just like how Little John did crunk music. How Little John had songs out on himself, and then he'll have a song out on Usher. He'll have a song out on this yeah. artist, this artist, that artist. And then, you know, the pressure's not on me to be an artist. For sure. But I can do it if I, I could put, I could be on a song if I want to. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. I want to flood the, I want to flood the sound. Nice. You know, move the sound around and just, you know, move it. And then we're going to focus too. Like, I just got with this, uh, my boy Femi and my homegirl Z. They both are choreographers. So it's so crazy because one is from, one uh, Femi is from Nigeria. And Z is from, uh, she's she's, she's uh, being New Orleans and she's, she's between New Orleans and uh, Florida. So they're going to come together and merge the NOLA dancing and the uh, African dancers together to make the whole Afro bounce theme around the music that I make. We're going to make this whole, we're going to basically, we're going to, you know, cause you know, I come from that world. I come from dancing. Yeah, so yeah. We're gonna that on the forefront. So that's what the visuals and all that stuff is going to showcase the most. So you're going to shoot all, videos for all this stuff. Yes. All this stuff. The documentary, 
coming. We're gonna, oh. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do a documentary on it where we're gonna have. Uh, right now they have this, uh, they have this DJ that's in New Orleans that I'm real close with. This is my brother, uh, DJ OJ. He and this is like it's God's timing, right? So he's already, he's already been taking popular. So he does his show mixes. He already take Afrobeat songs, popular songs, and mix it with bounce. So it's just now I'm the first Afro bounce artist to yeah. kind of. So that's all going to be a part of my show. So even before I come out, he's going to come out taking the Afro beat and the bounce mixes and putting them together. And then we come out with the dancing and everything. It's just going to be a whole show. And that's what we're going to, that's what I'm going to put towards, like make sure everything visually shows that shows the art, shows the dancing, shows the mixing of the culture. Cause that's what this is for me. Like yeah. that's, that's my goal with this. Yeah, dude, you, I, I want to know what your creative process is like. So you start, you start checking coming from being a songwriter and dancer first. Um, not not an instrumentalist per se first, like not a piano player or a drummer or whatever first. What does it look like when you're building a song like this from the ground up? What what do you start with? Uh so you know, from so the songwriter part of me, like I always have the pieces around me. So I always look at like how Quincy Jones do it. Uh Quincy Jones was a great you know, Quincy Jones and Puffy, they they have some of the greatest ears, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they can orchestrate they can run, the, they can build Belichick to play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, yeah. like, like Quincy had the best of the best. So like Quincy didn't play every day, but Quincy had everything, you know, around the only difference between me and them is I song, right? So, um, so I come in. So of course I'm, 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 uh, vocal in that area, but then I have the right guys around me, the right pieces to bring the vision together. So I orchestrate the vision yeah. and put together and they execute it so from the from the melody so you know from the melody you have bridges in there you have casey and you have blair these are scientists so we it's like we're all scientists in a lab uh putting together these things and my boy eric uh he's uh out in uh sacramento so he's a part of the team and between them when they end up rolling me uh they just go well they they it's just we've been working together so long they know my right. They know my left. They know what I'm gonna do. They know what I'm. Gonna, they know what I'm gonna like. They know what I don't. You know. So yeah. it's just like it's a it's an easy system. You know. So we just been running a triangle offense over and over and over to like we mastered it. So uh, the process, I would say, I start off with melody. You know, Bridges may pull up a loop. Eric may pull up a loop. Blair may pull up a loop. And whatever loop catches me that has that feeling, I'll write the whole song without drums. Oh wow! So I don't need a drum. So and that's another thing too. Working that way has 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 pushed me because I always feel like when you write, I'd rather write to loops than to write to full produced beats. Yeah. The reason why is because when you when I'm writing to a loop, it gives me the freedom to go where I need to go. Versus when you write to a beat that has the drums on it, you're automatically dictate you have to stay wherever the drums tell you to stay. So that you know you can you know you can you can't really explore as much as you want because you already know if the you know if the song is gonna be urban uh, you know the drums gonna tell you where there's gonna be crossover where you know so yeah. loops it could go anywhere so i'm writing these whirly records on loops and then they come and add different types of drums add you know so it's i always prefer it that way but um that's my that's how i start off with my process that's interesting because it's such a dance genre and it's in the afrobeat thing is so drum based that you don't start with a written i i for sure thought you were gonna say no man i put a i put a beat in and i start with the beat and i start writing that's just so interesting it's like coming at something that you do all the time from an absolutely different angle yeah and you know and you know too another thing i'm a dancer 
So, you know, I come from that. Yeah. So in my head, in my head, I'm thinking about dancing too. So before the drums, so like, and then the, and then they come in with the drums to, to, uh, uh, compliment my pocket. Mm. So versus so, me, you know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah, like so the drums follow your flow, not the other follow, way around. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, man. What, uh, are you going to do live shows stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So this week, man, so I've been blessed. Essence Festival called me this week. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm opening up, uh, I'm on the main stage at the Essence Fest in New Orleans Sunday with Missy Elliott. Whoa. Yeah. Missy's going to be there. So we're going to be on, we're going to, uh, you know, the same night she's performing, we're performing. So that's Sunday. Man, that's amazing, dude. Were there, um, were there live shows you remember when you were a kid? Like, what what was the first live concert you ever went to? I say Essence. That was like like Essence Fest, you know, because it's a big festival in New Orleans. So Essence yeah. Festival, Jazz Fest, Jazz Fest, yeah. Uh, 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 you know, the French Quarter Fest. So, do you, do you remember an artist that you were like you saw and it like blew your mind when you were little? Yeah, man, I saw uh, I saw the Osley Brothers of uh, uh, Frankly Be- Frankie Beverly and Mays. When I saw them live, like they used to close out jet. I mean, they used to close out um, uh, Essence Fest in all white. Man, it used to be crazy. So you know, yeah. especially if you're from New Orleans, like New Orleans is a big, big. Like Frank, frankly, Beverly and Mays are big in New Orleans. So like you hear a lot of this stuff music during Mardi Gras time. They they're like they're pretty much a part of our culture. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you're from New Orleans, you're required to know Isley Brothers, Neville Brothers, the Meters. Yeah, Neville Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you got uh, Tank and the Bangers. Tank and the yep. Bangers. They're amazing. Uh, I, you know, even before I moved to Atlanta, I used to go see Tank uh, perform at Tipitina's. Oh man. I love, <laughs> I love that venue, man. I haven't been there yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Uh, somebody told me that they moved it. I'm not sure. I think, you know, you know what? I think they did move it. I think they did. I think they did. I haven't been in, so I haven't been to Tipitina's in so long. Same. I, I haven't been to New Orleans in a really long time, but somebody told me they, it may not be true, but yeah. And even PJ Martin, PJ Martin too. PJ Martin. Oh, Martin. Yeah. Based Shorty. Shorty. Yeah, Trombone Shorty. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, all the all the legends. They know? got it going on. And I'll tell you that that was a time to grow up in New Orleans, like um the nineties and early two thousands, the hip hop scene in Baton Rouge, New Orleans was like crazy. Crazy dude. Cash money, yeah. no limit, like Amazing. It, just something so fresh. We be bootsy. Yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> you down, yeah, I dude. Yo, yo, those are days. Yeah, yeah. So you grew up around a lot of it too. Yeah. So like you know, around that time, like two thousand, from that time, two thousand three, no, two thousand four, five, six, seven. Like that was a time, especially too for Baton Rouge for Webby uh, for Weeby, uh, you know, uh, Bootsy. You know, they had that little run. Cash Money had their run too. No Limit had their run. That was an amazing time. Yeah, man. There was that was so fresh too, man. It was something new because Atlanta had had their thing with the R and B and TLC, and you know they had uh, uh, Dungeon Family and all that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff going on. And so for New Orleans to have its own thing like at the same time, because there was so much going on East Coast West Coast. I feel like during that, you know, with with uh, Biggie on the East Coast and Pac and Death Row and stuff on the West Coast, all that sort of stuff, it sort of overshadowed at times how awesome Atlanta and New Orleans, you know, yeah. were. And I don't know if that's where the Saints-Falcons rivalry started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, before it, too, it used to be, it used to be the Saints and Cowboys, too. 
at one time. For real, dude. Nobody likes Cowboys fans. Nobody likes Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But dude. Uh, so that's 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 pretty much, man. That's how everything. That's the that's the whole vision behind this Afro bounce, and the goal is too. Like later on. I even want to throw the Afro Bounce Fest where we're merging uh, African artists with New Orleans Bounce artists and having a festival like and bringing everybody together. Where are you going to do it, New Orleans? want to do it in New Orleans, one in New Orleans and one in Africa. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I just saw you got back from, uh, uh, where, where were you? Greece. Did you go do, go do some writing over in Greece too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went, I did uh, with Montessor. So mm-hmm. there's this company called Montessor. They're dope, man. Shout out to Julia Ripton. Uh, everybody, Andreas, that's my family. So they put together an amazing camp that we uh, I got invited to to be a part of in uh, St. Torini, Greece. And we had a great time, man. Some amazing songs came out, too. Yeah, it looked like it. It looked like it, man. I mean, you got a lot going on, dude. You got big yeah. plans. Yeah, man. Big plans. All right, so you told me... Uh, that we could, you would set your stuff up where we could, we could listen. Cause I've been on you about lonely. He's y'all V script's been teasing on his Instagram, lonely voodoo. What was the other one you teased the other day? Sober. Sober. Yeah. So he's been teasing all these other songs he's been working on, but he won't release them. <laughs> and so he set his stuff up. So you're about to get an exclusive. Is this the first time you played lonely all the way through? Yes. It's a bit of first time. All right, so you're going to get an exclusive here on, on MiFi of Lonely uh, by V-Script. This is the next single. Coming, this is the right? next single. This is the next merging. This is the next uh, fusion of Afro Bounce. When does it drop? Uh, we're going to drop this. But it was, it, what today is June 28th. So, like, we got two weeks from two weeks from now. Okay. All right. Two weeks from now. Uh, loading it up so we can just get it. I'm just making sure we get the art cover and all that stuff right, visual. So we're going we're gonna to be ready to go within two weeks. Yeah, so this may uh, may drop close to when this episode of the podcast is released yes. too. So we'll make sure let everybody know. Uh, man, when you're ready, let us hear the track, top to bottom, "Lonely" by V Script. Here we go. Oh, one more thing. It's Lonely, feature of my boy, 4AM. So I have a feature on this one. Dope artist, 4AM. Shout out to 4AM. Shout out to Ray. Thank y'all. I'm glad y'all part of this record. Believe that. Yeah. Only when you're lonely, that's when you want me. Only when you're lonely, that's when you're on me. Only when you're lonely, that's when you want me. Only when you're lonely, that's when you're on me. My new thing looking better than you. Cooking clean, love me better than you. Do the things that you don't ever do. Ah, new thing looking better than you. Cooking clean, love me better than you. Do the things that you don't ever do. Ah, baby, don't waste my time. Like I ain't got no lie. Baby, my heart, no fault, I can't just let shit fly. You say anything to keep me close. You fuck up my vibe, can't stay no more. Why take me high to bring me low? Gotta cut you off, I'm a real default. Make sense to go. Catch me, fail me, take your lost me. It's your fault, you late to the party. 
Dude, when that backbeat comes in, man, God, that's smooth when it opens up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so man. glad it's going to be out, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. And I appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you being on the show, dude. I, I wish you all the best. and Maybe we'll get to work together on something too soon. Let's do it. Cool. Cool. Well, man, it. I, pr- I appreciate the time, V. You have a good one, man. You too, bro, bro. Take care. Bye, man. Peace. What a, what a great conversation. Great episode. Incredible. I love that song. We've never done that before. We never played a, a track uh, on MiFi. So I think that's pretty cool. We got the exclusive of uh, Lonely, which of all the songs that he's teased on social media, like Voodoo, Sober, Lonely's my favorite. Just the clip that I heard on Instagram. That was the first time I've heard the track, uh, uh, the whole track. So I didn't get a preview. Uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, man. So I'm looking forward to everything he's doing. Y'all make sure y'all follow at Vscript on social media uh, everywhere. He's on TikTok and IG, just at Vscript. It's in the show notes. Uh, you can also go to officialvscript.com to keep up with everything that he's got going on as well. Uh, but make sure to follow on social media. Make sure to follow MyFi at MyFi Podcast everywhere. You can also follow me at Lee T. Baker to know what's going on. You can check out MyFiPodcast.com for you know, links to episodes and whatever. Uh, but if you're listening, just hit subscribe wherever you're at, and then you'll get all the updates and whatnot. So go stream 
uh, V Scripts new single "Lonely" when it drops. Go scre- go stream "No Cares" because it's out. Um, and and by the time this episode comes out, uh, who knows? Hopefully, "Lonely" will will be out. Maybe even the same day. I don't know. I don't know, man. You're just going to have to look for it. Uh, I linked him up in the show notes so you can go check out his Apple Music and his Spotify and all that sort of stuff. But uh, b- big thanks to V Script for being on the show. And until next time, you guys have a good one. <laughs>